Episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. And we are back. Episode 117. Wow. We're, we're 117. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I it for whatever reason, like when we hit a hundred, it feels like okay, we are legit now. Like we talked about this before. We're not old, but we're like legit. Like mm-hmm. under hundred, it's like you're a new podcast now. We're like we've we've taken our training wheels off. Yeah. However, like we still need directions down the path. I think is what you know <laughs> what I mean. Good. I like I like that because I was like, man, <laughs> taking training wheels off makes it sound like we know what we're doing. And no, we <laughs> we've take we've taken them off, but we're not doing any solo rides yet. Yeah, we're and we're definitely <laughs> not doing any like tour de france type of thing oh is that ever our goal (laughs) when we hit episode 1000 that'll be our tour de france (laughs) and we did it all without any uh any steroids or uh yes enhancers (laughs) oh (laughs) caffeine doesn't count right no it doesn't not unless you were like a four-year-old and then yes and then yeah. yes it does count yeah no, nothing i love better than like i get a soda at night and my five-year-old will come down and be like hey can i have a sip of this and then they take a sip can i just have the rest and then they're up all night <laughs> that's <laughs> when know, you just smack it out of their hand jake yeah and, I know and then make people, them clean it up there are people listening they're like yeah just tell them no and they obviously don't have kids and don't understand how it works. So it's That's why I said, be like, let them pick it up and go for a drink and then smack it out of their hand because then they'll be afraid to do it again. It's by su- surprise them or scared, whichever a little bit of frightening. Yeah. I just want to say, sorry, there's like something on my screen. Um, I just want to say that um, I know that I'm disgusting and full of sweat right now. Um, It's going to be that way for the next little, I'm just going to be disgusting until my wedding. (laughs) So I'm pretty, it's it's pretty gross. It's, it's yeah. I'm, I'm like, it's yeah, it's everywhere. It's yeah. I do want to point out, she mentioned this, Tracy, before you got on. And I was like, well, I'm not going to bring it up and point it out to people. So this was all Val that brought this I up. Don't, this I'm just, I don't. I know because there's going to be people that are watching and they're like, is that, is her shirt ruined? Is she? No, I've been going to hot yoga. And you know what I love? I was wearing black shirts before. And then uh-huh. I had no, like, there was nothing there to prove mm-hmm that I did anything. So I started mm-hmm. wearing lighter color shirts so that I could be like, yeah. Yeah, you There's proof. Right. That's right. I have yeah. proof. I have proof I that earned, I, I earned, earned this it. sweat. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> and now I can like I have a new tattoo and it's super feels great right now. Oh, yeah. I bet it does. <sighs> yeah, I can't I, I look at some of the places where you've gotten tattooed <laughs> and I think I mean it looks really cool. I've I decided just, unknowingly and unplanningly every side of my rib has now been tattooed because for some reason i hate myself yeah i I have have heard stories and i don't think i'd ever go near my ribs and 
And that's the second time this week that you've said something or mentioned something that made me think you hate yourself. The first was watching Ready Player One again. I don't understand. I, this is the thing. is You know how sometimes, and we've talked about it a lot on this show, mm-hmm. sometimes you watch a movie at a certain time of your life or with a certain person, and you're like, this movie sucks. And then yeah. later in life, you go back to the same movie and you watch it and you're like, oh, maybe it was me or that person that sucked. And now you don't hate the movie. So I thought I would try it again. Love you, babe. Bye. Um, I thought I would try it again. And I was like 20 minutes in and I was like, no. (laughs) Still sucks. And then I had some people comment on my post. Well, you suck. And then I saw that we're all 12 years old. No, it was a great, it was a great, it was a great comment. Well, you suck. They seem like they were your friends. This is yeah. No, they're all my friends. You always post stuff, and I'm always like, and somebody says something, I'm like, I should go in and defend Val, and I'm like, nope, because she's got it, and I'm not (laughs) even worried about it. So somebody says you suck, I'm like, she'll handle it the way she needs to handle it, and I'll just keep scrolling. Yeah, nobody's heard from that guy in a couple days. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the other thing is I don't know how much I want to get involved in that kind of stuff. Either, so. Whatever you secretly at least want to be like in the car and when I dispose of a body at one time. Uh, <laughs> I've seen enough. Uh, I've seen enough Martin Scorsese films. I know what's going on. No, yeah. you'd be surprised. He'd be like, "Wow, she's super efficient. That only took like five minutes. There's no blood. In- Everything's clean." And then we go get pancakes and then you're like, wow, you, you focus on a project, you organize it, you get it figured out before it happens. And then when it happens, you execute it perfectly. In this case, you're literally executing perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go get pancakes. This, this this whole episode has taken an interesting turn that I don't know that I was totally We always do for. this, though, the first, like, seven minutes of the show. And we never know which direction it's going to take. I, true. But... I was working with uh, some young people, teenage young people, and helping them to start a podcast. We're actually recording our first episode uh, this week, and I'm super excited about it. But they were asking, how do you, like, introduce the topic and how do you start it? And I'm like, wow. kind of just go i don't i don't know like we have an intro that's standard and then after that we just go there are people there are podcasters that they will from the minute the mic goes on to the minute the show goes out to to, for everyone that they have got it Mm -hmm. like yeah like and i would say we know some of these people yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't work for us. No. We've no, tried. I, we've tried to script us and like give us outlines and stuff. It doesn't yeah. make our show great. We're mm-hmm. the we're on the fly, people. Yeah. We're like loose. We're living, we're living however, on the edge. However, these four uh, <laughs> teenage young men that I'm working with that have never recorded anything in their lives, we had to outline it a little. Well, bit. Well, no, yeah, not everybody can be as awesome as us. Well, <laughs> I think there's an experience aspect to it that yes. definitely plays yeah. a role. But you're right; not everybody can be as awesome as us. So, okay. and, it, and it depends on the kind of show that you're doing yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like true crime shouldn't just be off the cuff riffing. Yeah. Unless oh, no, you, you have, have watched to. so many, unless you've watched so much true crime <laughs> that you are now like, this is my boss at work. Uh-huh. I, I'm pretty sure he could recite every episode 
of these true crime shows. He probably doesn't need to research anything, but he is a researcher and he would write everything down. He would have files and he'd be pulling up (laughs) things, even though he is a human file. (laughs) So Jake, is this, uh, is this new podcast going to be part of the stolen droids family or what? No, no, this is, (laughs) this is all part of a church youth group that I'm working with. So it's, we're we're going to call it church training wheels. No, <laughs> they wanted to talk about what it's like to get a job as a teenager. And so that's what they're talking oh, about. I think cool. it's actually cool. really interesting. Yeah, so, that's cool. neat. I like I'm really, that. I'm proud of what they've put together so far. So I think it's going to turn out great. Good for them. Yeah. It's kind of kind of fun. But speaking of gross and sweaty, we are going to be at Fanex. <laughs> if we, so we're hoping. We're hoping we're that, all going to be at FanX. That was a nice segue. We are all scheduled for something at FanX. <laughs> Fanex is currently scheduled. Um, and I, I'll i tell you, where we live here in Utah, I don't see anything being shut down between now and Fanex. Yeah. No. I, I don't think the convention will shut down unless the state makes them. And I don't think there's a chance that the state's going to make them. No, I don't yeah. think so either. So I would just encourage everyone, you still have time. Go get your vaccine, even if you haven't started yet, because you've got time to get it today. And then you can get at it least before. that first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everybody, if you're vaccinated or not, wear a mask, um, mm-hmm. that would be my, yeah. I need to get a cool mask for FanX. Like I need to go, oh, this is the thing. <gasps> I'm going to Disneyland the oh, Sunday right. before FanX. So yes, I right. am going to grab some masky masks. They will have masks there. I'm sure. Yes. I would, I would, they, they will grab, they will have masks there. And if you wanted to get some before the Disney store, which unfortunately is going yes, to be closing right. here, but they have masks yeah. there that are actually really nice. I like the material. Okay. The, well, the maybe I'll head down masks. there today. Yeah. The material I mean, I just, I just got paid. They, so we might as well put, just give them all my money. The, yeah. the Disney store masks do tend to run a little small. So take that into consideration. Yeah. So maybe grab like a medium and a large of a design that you yeah, like. A medium. Figure out. A medium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the top side of my head is big. The bottom side of my head is small. Mm. Hence the schmedium. The schmedium. My whole head and face is just fat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how that works. I've been doing face exercises and I do them in my car. And then people, like when I'm stopped at a light, and then I'll look over specifically just to try and get someone in the eyes. I'm going... <laughs> Like she's trying to communicate with us. What is she trying to <laughs> like? Say? What is this crazy lady doing? What song is she singing along to? <laughs> is she having a seizure? <laughs> is she okay? Do, do you need help? Do you Should need we call help? somebody? <laughs> um, but but all things going according to plan. We should be at FanX in a couple of weeks, and I'm super excited. Um, I will. You know, I think the three of us will do everything we can to mitigate any kind of risk mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, so if you see us, come up and say hi. We'd love to talk. Don't hug you. us. Don't high five yeah. us. Maybe, maybe right. fist bump or elbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But we would love to at least talk to you and, and see you. We will be doing a panel on Black Widow that is being presented by Movies That Make Us. And I'm so excited for this one, Val. I think you've got a lot planned for it. And yeah. It's yes. Really stellar. I'm excited. Tracy and I are probably mostly going to be sitting by and listening to the other three. No, phenomenal. no. You're all going to be. This is the thing about this panel. And I'm so excited is that. And I'm not saying that like other superhero panels there um, are not important. Right. But as far as what I want to do with this one is I want to deep dive past 
like the comic book fun. And I really, and I really want to talk about this movie specifically in Black Widow, the character. We're going to get a little bit into um, what's happening um, with Scarlett Johansson and Disney, just a teeny, mm-hmm. because I think that it's relevant to some of the some of the topics that we're going to talk about. But we're going to deep dive, so it's going to get a little serious, and we're. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're gonna we it's we're still gonna be fun. We're still gonna talk about some fun things. Um, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna deep we're gonna deep dive into it. Like when she jumps out of the helicopter and she goes down poses, yeah. The pose. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, if you could do the pose for us to start the panel off, that would be great. <laughs> and what I'm really excited about is that as of right now, it is not Saturday morning at ten o'clock that we're doing our panel. So we might actually have people come and yeah. listen to us. So I think that'll be really good. I have one Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Is that the I, tattoo one? Uh, I don't know. Where's oh, my phone? I just, I'm, I'm I just go, the tattoo I don't know. I am too, uh, even though I will never get a tattoo, but I'm excited to hear about it. And I think it's you know interesting what? and it's fascinating. And so I'm totally, totally into it. So Jake, most people with tattoos have said that at one point in their life. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> But, yeah. there's still time buddy there's I still time totally understand that uh, but as of right now I do not foresee it happening I don't either and it's but, okay because not everybody needs to have a tattoo right but I can totally respect the art that goes behind it and yes. the talent that it takes to be good at doing tattoos and so I'm excited to go to that panel um, I, the only reason I mentioned the Saturday morning at 10 o'clock was the last panel that we did at FanX was Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. And, yeah. and we really appreciate those that came, but it was not a big crowd. And so I'm hoping that the two of you that remember being there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, I'm doing uh, a show with Craig, our good friend, Craig yes. um, cast off. I'm. Well, I'm doing Glenn Glary get Glenn Ross with the Muppets. So that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> so, and, and that's going to be the one at Fan X? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. See, so I wasn't I've sure got, if like, that was like an episode Alan, you were doing. No, I've got MASH with Blake this Tuesday. Just Blake, on the Castle, Blake Castleman, who does the programming for Fan X. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've got MASH with him on Thursday, but then I'm competing against my brother, and so you've got like Alan Arkin, Al Pacino, Jack Lemon, like some heavy hitters. Uh, and then we're going to recast them with Muppets. So this will be, and, and Craig wants us to do voices. And my brother oh. can do voices. Oh, good. So I'm screwed. <laughs> you can sing. <laughs> well, you do sing in any case. Yeah, can't. Yeah. It's not can sing, I do sing. But yeah. I, I'm excited for that. Um, <laughs> Barring any conflicts, I plan to be there to help vote and get you a win against the brother. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to promise to be at anyone else's panel, so yeah. I'm sorry. I love you guys, but I, I'm going to have a pretty bit busy Sweet. schedule. Yeah. Totally. So, but speaking of people who can actually sing. Yeah. Are we moving into Coda? Is that we're what actually going to talk about the movie that we planned on talking about today now. Yeah. So we are talking about the movie Coda. Um, there will be spoilers. I don't know why we have to warn you about that at this point. Because there's know. always someone that's like, what? I didn't know you were going to talk about the whole movie. That's what we do here. Yeah, that's it's We talk about the movies, movies that make that's us the, the people that we are. And this movie, this Coda, it is, we don't often do newer movies. We usually right. do movies that have resonated with us for a long time. 
Um, but this movie right out of the gate made me a better person and mm-hmm. made me cry. <laughs> yeah, I had a hard time finding anything that I could identify with in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a completely foreign subject to you. <laughs> I, I but you are a boat fisherman. I don't understand. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm Why you would have that nothing was, in that's common. True. With that is something movie. that I have in common as I'm living in landlocked Utah as a fisherman. <laughs> You're just you're just out on the Great Salt Lake he's, trying, he's trying your trying your hardest, and you come back these, every these day with nothing. These fishermen in New England think they've got it rough. He's, I mean, he's all I get own, is shrimp. He's got his own little tug. He's out there shrimp fishing. Yeah, Brian shrimping. I pictured the whole. I want to do a photo shoot of this. Yeah, <laughs> and I want it's, the boat to be like this big. Yeah, just a little <laughs> tiny boat. Yep. Well, that's all you need. Really. <laughs> um, so for those movie, that don't know, tell them what CODA means, Jake. So CODA stands for child of a deaf adult or deaf adults. Um, and in this case, she has two parents who are, are both deaf. Uh, and she even has a brother who's deaf. And I will say this. One of the best things about this movie is the fact that all three of the main characters who are deaf are played by deaf actors. And, mm-hmm. I'm telling you this, if you've never, like, if you've, there are individuals that are super talented, that are deaf, that are actors. And that's why it kills me whenever there's something that has a deaf character and they don't cast someone deaf to play it because the actors who are deaf are so talented and they're just, just so much talent in that community. Um, And these three are are amazing. I mean, Marley Matlin, everybody knows Marley Matlin. Um, But the dad, and I don't have my phone, so I'm going to have to look it up on the computer here. Um, But the dad and the brother were both amazing as well. I felt like those three performances really um, stood out to me. And I was glad that that's how they cast them. So I think that was great. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting. With the the brother. Sorry, I I was just going to say real quick, I read an interview with the brother and he said he loves the fact that the director said, I'm not casting deaf actors. I'm casting actors who are deaf. And he said, there is Mm. a difference, which I love. I thought that was great. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was an interesting take um, on a story because I think as an audience, we have seen movies in the past where it's usually a hearing family with one deaf person and that deaf person Mm -hmm. Is, is trying to figure out wh- where they fit and they're struggling with, you know, parents and school and all of these things. And they feel alone where this is the exact opposite of that, where this girl, this young girl, you know, is the only hearing person in her family. Her family feels very alienated. And I think a lot of the time during the movie, they kind of alienate themselves because the mm-hmm. mom and dad came from a time frame of they were alienated a lot, but now they live in this town that they're thinking these people are going to treat them different, but the people don't, they don't seem to care. (laughs) They're different, right? right? right. They ever, but, and I, so I think, and the brother is kind of in the middle where he, he wants to do all these new things, but the parents are like, well, we can't do that. Nobody's going to let us do that because there's three different age, age ranges going on here and three totally different experiences. And the daughter who can hear, has been their interpreter her whole life. So all she knows is kind of their lives. And she's trying to somehow as a senior in high school, figure out her own life. Um, And her mom, it kind of struggles um, 
with it. And it, it's so, it was so interesting just watching the dynamic of them at the dinner table. Cause we all have those moments. We're sitting at the mm -hmm. dinner table with our family, right? And everybody's got a different thing going on and a different story. And all she wants to do is listen to music, which mm -hmm. they <laughs> cannot hear, but they don't want her to do that because it's a distraction. Yet her brother is like going through a Tinder app and she's like, wait a second, like you can't hear my music, but I can't listen to it because it's distracting. But we can all do Tinder together. And her mom said something very, and I thought that was very good. She's like, but we can all participate in the Tinder app, but they can mm. all participate in the music. So as parents, we've done that before where one kid has really been into something but nobody else has been interested. And we're like, let's pick something we all want to do. But that mm -hmm. seemed like her whole life. Let's yeah. pick something we all want to do. And she's like, but I'm, I'm not like you guys. Never so, able to, yeah. So it was yeah. just so like, I just sat there and watched this movie and it's not often where like I'm watching and learning at the same time, but this was very much like I was watching. It was so intrigued. I was learning. It hit all my emotional buttons it was just a lot of things going on. Yeah, I like the fact that they didn't necessarily tell you all of what was happening. They let the sign language conversation happen and mm -hmm. you had to kind of figure it out. Um, occasionally the daughter would respond to them and then kind of say what was going on. But a lot of the time it was just them talking. And I found that really refreshing because like so often the easy way out would be to put a little subtitle at the bottom or to have her repeat everything that they say as part of the conversation. And they only did that just a little bit. And I, I love that. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, um, it was interesting Val, when you mentioned that her parents, the, the isolated part, right. That they had mm -hmm. kind of isolated themselves, even though the town didn't seem to care. And what was interesting to me was watching it and seeing how they found the subtle ways that, deaf people are isolated in our community and, yeah. and put it in there in a very re realistic way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the brother I think is a very complicated character who has a lot of mixed feelings as far as his independence and what he wants to do. Um, but like on the one hand, he wants the help that, that his sister can give by interpreting, but on the other hand, he wants to do it all himself. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, the part where he's trying to negotiate for the fish and she can hear that someone on the next bin over is getting a better price for their fish than what he's getting. And he can't hear that. And so she comes in and, and says something and then he gets angry because she bailed him out and he feels His like that makes sister. him look stupid. Yeah. And um, the other one that I felt was really powerful to me was when she was in the doctor's office and having to interpret for her parents <laughs> with the, with the jock itch issue. That and was so <laughs> She's like, like you great. can never have sex again. Yeah. And if I never? were a teenager, if I were a teenager and having to interpret for my parents at that point, like I would definitely be so uncomfortable that that's what I would say too. Um, and, and I like how they were like, that's impossible. We can't do that. And she's like, it's only two weeks. And Why like, we really can't do two weeks? <laughs> like, but but that is such a tough issue in the deaf community as far as access to interpreters and access mm -hmm. to information. Yeah. Um, and it's a big hot topic right now because a lot of medical uh, providers have kind of moved to doing video interpreters. So if you come mm -hmm. to an appointment 
And as an ADA accommodation, they want to provide an iPad with someone on the other side doing an inter- interpreting for you. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, it's not though because they don't. Oh, they really? still miss stuff. There's audio issues. There te- there's technical yeah. issues, and well, so sure. it's not as effective but, as having an interpreter there. But we but have been something. Right. It's better right. than nothing. Yeah. But we have been to appointments before where we've called ahead and we've said, you know, we've got this appointment. Our daughter is deaf. We need to have an interpreter there. Um, and especially with our two older kids that are deaf, they're getting to the point where they need to know what's going on at these appointments. But even my daughter, when we go to her endocrinologist and things like that, we need her to know what's happening. And we've gone to appointments where we show up and they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't get an interpreter. We, you know, sorry, can you just interpret for the problem is we need to be there as parents. Yeah. Not, and you need to be writing things down. You need to yeah. be taking stuff in. And, right. and the daughter in this particular case, and this happens a lot where it's like, well, yeah, but you've got somebody who can interpret for you. Yeah. No daughter wants to interpret that kind of a, like it's his, her dad <laughs> is explaining that his, his testes are on fire and he, you know, all this, and that his wife has it too. Like no daughter wants to, wants to interpret that. you need to have a professional Mm-hmm. in those situations but it does show how it does it's those subtle ways that i think people in the deaf community can feel isolated from the hearing community i did like um how you know like i think his dad the, the mom and dad are really like we can't go out into the community because we're deaf and we're the only ones here that are deaf mm-hmm. so we're gonna go home we're gonna isolate ourselves at home but mm-hmm. the son again he's like i'm going out to have a beer with the guys that's what people do right. and he goes and he knows he, he's gonna sit there and he can't like they're all having conversations and laughing and you know talking and you can mm-hmm. see that he's getting frustrated but i was so like i just thought that was like very that was full of a lot of courage for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the thing that I love, Jake, is with the young actress's um, performance, and I, I don't have her name pulled up, um, but the fact that she still got across in sign language kind of that teenage attitude, that that frustration and that sass, and she gets it across in the sign language, which I thought was fantastic. So her name's Amelia Jones. There we go. Uh, Thank you. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of uh, over teenage attitude in sign language or otherwise, so I can take it or leave it. But no, she does a great job as an actress. Um, and and she had to learn sign language before this, this movie. She spent mm-hmm. nine months learning ASL. And she looked, I, I, don't, I don't know sign language, but she looked pretty fluent. Like, it didn't look like she was stumbling or having like, it looked like she'd been doing it her whole life. I think for the amount of time that she had to learn it, I think she looked pretty good. Okay. So yeah. And that, and I was curious, I was going to ask you, since you, I think it's like actually, any other movie, like we're not like combat experts. So when we go right. and watch an action movie, yeah. that's like all combat, we're like, that was awesome. And then there's going to be a guy that's next to us. That that's like the combat happen. guy. And he's like that. I mean, that wasn't accurate at all. <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy. Like she did a great job. And, and like, I can sit there in the movie and I can say, man, I know Coda's in real life and they sign like it's a second language and mm-hmm. not a second language. Like it's their first language in a lot of ways. And um, she, she looked really good for an actress who learned it. As, that's cool soon before the movie as she did. And she has so. not been in much. She was in a, a 
some British movies and uh, like an episode of Doctor Who, and that was kind of it. So yeah, this was really fun to see see her kind of hit the hit the main stage, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this movie has hit the main stage. I mean, it was an independent film that Apple then picked up at Sundance, I believe. And then yeah. I think it was um, the highest sell sold movie ever. Yeah, it was like the highest deal ever for a movie. And yeah. So which is great. I, I mean, I think I think it's great because I do think it does bring a lot of the culture um, that people are un, uh, unaware of uh, into the mainstream so that they can kind of see it and get to know it. And to me, what I liked about this, that there were moments where I was like, I'm glad that my wife and I are sitting down and watching this before the kids watch it. We can decide what maturity level we're going to let the kids watch it. Sure. Because even though this is about a family and it's a really cool movie and it is going to make you feel good it is not one that you want to sit down and watch with your little ones more than likely. Mm -hmm. So watch it first and decide what mm -hmm. your kids are ready for. But um, what I love about it is it depicts a real family with real dynamics that, I mean, yes, they're deaf and things like that, but they're having real conversations. Like, I mean, dealing with real family issues. And, mm -hmm. you know, I looked at it as, you know, when, when she was, when they were like, you can't listen to the music because we can't all, participate in that i think it went beyond just that they couldn't hear the music but that she had her headphones in and she was isolating herself from the family and right. i think that happens at anybody's dinner table regardless of whether they can hear or not you know and i think that that was really great the way they presented that um and you know just just everything that they show like this is a family that they're not perfect they've got issues financially they're struggling everything else but i love the moment with her boyfriend you know as they're starting as their relationship is growing up and it's right after the dad had the wonderful conversation <laughs> with him about make sure your soldiers wearing a helmet and everything else which him explaining that is why i love sign language because when you're watching it it goes so much beyond like any in, in english we just say oh yeah make sure that that soldier is wearing a helmet but no he's like putting the helmet on and strapping it on and like walking like so and like the way he's describing it, you get a visual picture of what he's saying. And <laughs> it's fantastic. It was um, like one of it's, it's obviously well, like a little risque part of the movie, but sure. I have to say as a parent, I thought mm -hmm. that was the best thing in the world because as parents, sometimes we feel like it's necessary to embarrass our children to get the point across. It's very hard mm -hmm. for me to embarrass my child. I have tried a lot, but yeah. I've also raised her <laughs> to be like me where I'm not easily embarrassed and whatever, like we're, it's, but um, I was just like, that is fantastic. Like yeah. that, I just thought yeah. it was so, and he, this actor, like the guy that plays the dad, oh, I phenomenal. love him. I thought he was probably the best. If you break down some of the th scenes we're gonna talk about today, I feel like he was the best actor in the movie yeah. because he, like Tracy said, there are not a lot of times where you're reading. He does things mm -hmm. so well as an actor with his face and his body language mm -hmm. that those were most of the moments that I had these deep connections with or had deep emotions with. He was in those scenes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, and I love just after that scene when, when she's talking to her boyfriend and she's mad because he told everybody about it. Well, he told one of his friends about it and, and he was like, yeah, cause I thought it was funny. And he's like, you don't know how lucky you are because your family loves each other because his family was going perfect. through a divorce and, and everything. And 
Like, that's what I loved about this family. They were not perfect, but they loved each other. And it, it was hard because in the beginning, her mom was really upset that she was doing choir at all. Mm -hmm. She's like, if I were blind, would you want to be a painter? And the daughter's like, this isn't about you. Mm -hmm. And when, and I think initially it was just hard because the parents didn't know how to connect with what she was doing. Mm -hmm. But I think in the end that what they did connect with is we want to support. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what made the difference. I think. (laughs) And I think that's like, again, that's, a theme that happens in a lot of families where one of our kids or one of our nieces or one of our siblings like gets into something that we don't understand. Like, especially right. like when, when like video gaming um, became a thing okay. and you could like go to school to be a video game programmer and parents are like, I don't even understand what that. So you're going to go to school. Your time. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. wasting your time on video games. And it's like, Video games make the most money in the world right, right now, right? Yeah. So like more money than movies years right now. ago, 20 years ago, when people were like, yeah, I'm going to go to school to make video games. And parents are like, I don't understand how you can spend so much time doing that. And now it's you want to go to school for it. It's yeah. a waste yeah. of time. Like, I feel like we all have those moments in our family, whether it was you with your parents or you with your kids or you with your sibling or whatever. I feel like there's so many things, even though this fam or this movie is about this girl living it with this hearing impaired family, I feel like that's so relatable. Like there's so many things that were, are relatable about it. Like if you have a family that has a family business, that is hard. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to have a family business and let's take like the impairment out, like, not, you know, not being able to hear, like trying to move away from your family business when your family just expects you mm-hmm. to be a part of that business. But you say, Hey, I kind of want to go to school and do something else. And they're like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, this is our life. Is, you know, I think that in itself, yeah, that in itself is hard. Mm-hmm. So again, there's all these different themes that have nothing to do with um, the fact that, you know, her family can't hear and she can. And I just thought it was so, it was, it's such a great story, but it is so connective. I think anyone mm-hmm. can connect to this story. So they did such a great job at pulling us in. Those of us that don't have, you know, these relationships or people in our life that are hearing impaired that because we felt that there was such a familiarity with the the themes they were giving us, we felt comfortable with the other, the other issues enough to learn about them and empathize with them and be like, Oh, I wouldn't have even thought about that. Yeah. You know? So, um, I, yeah, one of the things that I remember, and I'm, I'm just going to share this, um, because I think we, we look a lot at like trying to find the politically correct terms and things to say. And one of the things that I learned very first when our kids, when we found out that they had hearing loss and we started becoming, um, a part on the fringes of the deaf community is in the deaf community, they prefer either deaf or hard of hearing and not hearing impaired. Because mm. that's a label that uh, they equate with autism, which is the mm. prejudice against hearing those with mm. hearing loss. So, and I didn't know that because I was always like, oh, yeah, deaf yeah. or hearing. And they're like, no, deaf or hard of hearing. So nice. Uh, well, and I want to touch on one of the things that Val said is the, the support that the family ends up giving her. And they, they struggle with her doing the choir at first. They don't understand mm-hmm. it because they can't participate. They can't hear her. They can't. But the, there are two scenes that really stuck out to me 
And that's when she sang for her dad and he put his hand on her throat to mm -hmm. feel the vocal cords. Um, and then the other scene that I thought was just fantastic is when they're told that they can't go into the audition. She's <laughs> trying to get to Berkeley. She's trying to get a scholarship. Nobody's allowed inside except for the three judges. And they're, the family's just kind of standing there off to the side and nobody's paying them any attention. And the dad looks up and sees that there's a balcony sign and he's like, hey, want to go? And then they just quietly go up the stairs and 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 she's there. And at first she's very, and they do a good job of this for the throughout the movie is she's afraid to sing in front of other people, especially those mm -hmm. that she doesn't know. So she's not giving a very good performance. And then when she sees her family up in the balcony and she starts to sign to them what she's singing, I was like, that is a genuine, it, it could have been saccharine. It could have been cheesy and it yeah. didn't, it hit that, that scene hit me pretty hard. Yeah, I love that. I also love that the teacher came in to play the piano for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when he, she wasn't doing very good to start off with, he played the wrong note on purpose. He said, oh, sorry, that was my fault. Let's go ahead and start from the top. <laughs> well, and I, I want to bring him up for a minute because this yeah. actor, um, Eugenio, is it Derbez? Is that how you say that? Um, yeah. he, he hasn't been in a ton of American films. Mm -hmm. um, he was in, if you watched the Overboard um remake of overboard which i'm uh, sure everybody saw that one right oh, of course. this is the thing it's actually a pretty funny movie i'm sure it is. Um, I just right but when you think about it you're like i don't want to watch that yeah. but i actually i actually thought it was pretty funny so i had seen him in that and a couple other you know smaller movies he has like a bit part in jack and jill which i hate that movie but my daughter loves it for some reason i don't know how i have a daughter that loves the worst Adam Sandler movies in the world. She doesn't like the good ones. She likes the horrible ones. But again, I don't understand. And his parents. Fair, there's there's probably a lot more of the horrible ones than there are the good ones, right? If we're rating Adam Sandler movies. Okay. Everybody's got their so, Everybody's got their so, But I really, I thought as I'm watching Overboard, I'm like, okay, this movie is all right. But he's fantastic. Like as an actor, like I couldn't stop looking at him, even though like he, they didn't really give him like great dialogue. Like it was, it was, I mean, it was like the original overboard. It's just fun. Right. It's not a right. great movie, but it's just fun and campy and whatever. Um, and then when I saw him in this movie, the, the, when he comes on camera, I was like, yes. Cause I'm like <laughs> this movie so far has, is already great. There's mm -hmm. great dialogue, everything. And of course he has this like, you know, um, he's her teacher. He's a music teacher. So he has this, you know, pr presentation about him mm -hmm. and his clothes mm -hmm. and, you know, this uh, flair about him. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. but don't go too cheesy. And he didn't. No. And But he also represented something that I think we overlook. And as parents, sometimes we get a little bit jealous of, and that's when we don't understand something about our kids, but there's a teacher at school that goes above and beyond and helps mm -hmm. them with that. Teachers are so important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me with Sammy, there was a lot of times that we were struggling and she got into slam poetry. And I mean, I've always supported that, but, you know, she still talks to two of her slam poetry coaches to this day. 
Um, and, but would email them all the time. You know, they had good relationships. They pushed her to publish a book. Like there are teachers out there that really do, that really can see something in kids and go a little bit further with them to help them get what they want. And I just, I always love seeing those moments, Mm -hmm. but I loved also that she didn't, she went in and she tried her hardest. She never, never gave him excuses of why she couldn't be anywhere. Like, don't feel, right. you know, mm-hmm. don't feel sorry for me. Cause her life is her life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's like, this is my life. And I just want to be treated like any other person. And, and she had a lot of things that got in the way, but she never, ever was like, but this is why I can't do this. Right. She just, she just worked to show up and be there, which a lot of kids use a lot of stupid crap as excuses on why they can a lot of adults. Mm-hmm. Use I was gonna a say, lot of- they, and sometimes you don't know, outgrow it and then they get jobs and work for me. And I love it. <laughs> so wow. Um but I, I um, yeah <laughs> crap I don't remember what I was gonna say but I, oh 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 I do I love the fact that the teacher push that right back onto her. And he, she's like, I've, I've got a lot of stuff going on. He's like, so do I, and, and you don't waste my time and yeah. I'm here to help you. And I'm offering this to you. And if you don't want to take it, then you don't take it. And that's fine. I, I really, I, I had a love hate relationship with the teacher throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just because um, I, I think that that number one, I love that he, saw her talent and saw how gifted she was and wanted to help her. And she probably didn't have a whole lot of that in her life at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and so I, I love that, but I also, it was so hard seeing what she was struggling with behind the scenes. And a lot of times when she was late, it was legitimately not her fault, but like you said, Val, it's her life. And she knows that. And she never offered that up as an excuse, but at the same time, he never really gave her any leeway. And it was constant. Like you were late. This is the third time in a row that you've been late. I don't waste my time. Like, um, it's and hard, so I really struggle with that. Man. That's life. Yeah, mm-hmm. For sure. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. real life. But, but what I loved about it is that, cause there was a point where I'm like, man, this teacher just needs to know what's going on behind the scenes. And he just needs to know how hard it is. And he needs to cut her some slack. And he didn't ever, but then when it counted, and and her boyfriend you know let him know hey she's here and she's auditioning because they didn't know that she was going to and he showed up and was there in her corner he had left and came back and i just i love that and that was when i was like yeah this guy is awesome and and to the moment when she goes to share with him that she got into berkeley was also an awesome moment and yeah that was was that was great like we all knew that moment was coming when they're all like she's logging into the computer and the family's huddled around but it's still it still worked and that's i think the 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 thing with this film is it didn't ever try and sucker you it didn't try and like con you into feeling stuff like everything is that emotion is real and it's felt yeah. there was a moment for me that i got super frustrated and then i was like i shouldn't because this is this really works and that was one of the most emotional parts of the movie is when she invites her family to her performance mm-hmm. um and she knows com- going in that they're not going to be able to experience this and the whole time i'm thinking why did she not push to sign these songs at this performance like this is her life why she knows it's her parents are gonna be able to why and then I thought to myself she just wants to be 
another kid at school. She doesn't want to be the kid with the deaf parents, just like, like a deaf kid wouldn't want to be known as, you know, the deaf kid all the time. And so she had that moment and I was like, I was just so frustrated. I'm like, like she should be more respectful and she should have signed during those performances, but she wanted it to be about her. And you could see Mm. her mom and dad were getting bored. were getting frustrated. They felt, you know, kind of like, we don't understand what's going on. And then her dad stepped outside of himself And instead of focusing on the fact that he couldn't hear her sing, he looked around the room and this is like, I'm going to get emotional again. Like he looks around the room and he looks at how everyone is reacting to what his daughter is doing. And he's Mm -hmm. like, you Mm -hmm. could just see the light go on in his eyes. And if you've ever gone to a kid's performance before, recitals are long and stupid and your kid gets to perform like one time and there's 80 other thing. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. But (laughs) when your kid comes up, you know, and you, and we're usually all with our phones or all with, and, and I've done Sammy's poetry so much that now I can hold the phone, but I often don't look at her. I look at other, I look at other people. I started doing that a couple of years ago. And so when he did that, I was just like, that's that aha moment as a parent or as a supporter that you realize, okay, like I understand. Cause they, they didn't know if she was good or not. The mom even mentioned it in the right. movie. Like, what if she sucks? Like, what yeah. if she's not good <laughs> and we can't help her and we can't tell her. And I wish every parent that their kid goes to audition for American Idol, like would tell them like, <laughs> you're not good. Don't go on the show. <laughs> like, my mom's my biggest fan. no. No, no. <laughs> but she so like really big fan. She told well, I love that. I love I that. Just cr- I cried that whole scene. Like I was just a mess. I thought one of the <laughs> cool parts of that is they've been leading up to this duet between these two kids, this whole movie, and they're finally getting to perform it with all the big moments. And then partway through the sound just fades out mm-hmm. and we don't hear it. And that's when you notice that's when they, they start showing the dad looking around and he's looking for cues uh-huh. from other people as to when the song is over. When do I applaud? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And that's when he starts to notice everybody else is they're bobbing their heads. They're like smiling. They're really One lady was crying. Support. So I didn't uh-huh. feel bad. <laughs> yeah. well, but I love I- the fact that they did that with no sound there. I thought that was even more impactful than having that. And part of me at first was pissed. I'm like, no, I want to hear them sing this song that we've been building up to. And then I'm like, okay, this, this makes sense. All right. Not about you, Tracy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I loved that, that whole sequence, right? Because you've got, him kind of looking around and realizing how much it's moving everybody in the audience. And then afterward she introduces her teacher to them and she interprets for him up until he says, you really need to go to the audition tomorrow because <laughs> like, I really think you're throwing away this great opportunity. And she's like, I'm not going to sign that. I'm going to just sign the first but, part. <laughs> but dad caught what he was saying. Cause you can mm-hmm. see that dad's watching him as he's talking and he knows what he's saying. And I, and then that leads to them that night, have him having her sing and feeling her vocal cords while she's mm-hmm. singing. And then that's what leads the next morning to them loading her up in the car and getting her to the audition because dad started to realize this is something she's really good at and I'm mm-hmm. not going to hold her back. Mm-hmm. And I, and I love the fact that it wasn't her demanding that they take her to the audition like you get the feeling that if it was up to her, she just would have missed it. But it's the dad who gets them up early. 
and everybody gets in the car and everybody yeah. goes to the rehearsal or the the audition yep and yeah and the moment when she decides to stay I, that's where i really love the reaction of her brother who's like oh great here comes saint I, I can't remember her name now but you know here she is again to rescue us to save the day and she gets all hurt and then when she goes and talks to him later and he's like this isn't where you belong this you need to go this that's where you should be and it's just i don't know it, just great family dynamics in the film i think um the relationships are great i loved watching them in their struggle as fishermen because they're struggling mm-hmm. just along with all the other fishermen mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and them fighting the system man starting their yeah. own Mm-hmm. co-op and saying we're going to sell our own fish we don't need this other third man to come in yeah that's what i wanted to talk about next is the son really was like we don't have to follow these rules like we can do this ourselves he had these big plans and the dad's like we can't do that we can't do that because nobody will you know follow us nobody will listen to us nobody takes us seriously but he never asked anybody that that's just what he Mm -hmm. thought and then when he finally stood up at the meeting um, and she interprets for him and he says all these things and everyone gets behind him and then you realize yeah the town just wants to work together they all they all have a common goal of they don't they need to pay their bills they don't want to shut down their businesses and they just need somebody to help them Um, and so I thought that was such a good thing like it doesn't matter you know, what your obstacle is or what you think your obstacle is. Cause a lot of us put our own obstacles in front of us. I'm not saying it's not harder for them because they, they don't know what's going on, but I think a lot of us, we think, Oh, because we have to deal with this, that we can't do this. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like we create our Mm -hmm. own obstacles and the son, he didn't create those obstacles for himself. He was like, I want to go have beers with the guys. I know Mm -hmm. it's going to be awkward and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, but I want to go. I want, there's a better way to do this. We don't need to be giving these people all our money and we can do our own thing. And then the minute it clicked with the dad, it, you know, it was so great. Um, And then there's the moments with the mom that I feel like, like as a teenage daughter, I was like, Oh, why isn't she seeing this? Like, you know, her daughter, you can't just expect your daughter to do things. And I think to myself, Oh wait, I've done that three times this week. (laughs) Maybe I need to communicate better with my kid instead of just thinking that she needs to be here because I need her to be here. So. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Tracy. I was just going to ask you, Jake. So have any of your kids seen the movie? Um, Not yet. They okay. have all asked to see it, and mm-hmm. my wife and I we're going to let our two oldest watch that, it. That makes sense. Sure. So, yeah. Um, our our daughter Lucy would also like to watch it, but I just don't think she's ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> just but, get yeah, up and do a song and dance in front of the screen when it's clean like flicks. Yeah. yeah, clean flicks it. <laughs> well, and this is this movie. You know, we've we've watched other movies with our kids. Um, where, you know, maybe there's some bad language or whatever, and they miss it because they're either they missed it in the captions or whatever. They don't, they don't know. Right. Um, But this one, like some of the stuff that we don't want our nine-year-old to pick up and repeat (laughs) is in sign language. And she could definitely. And and, it's dramatic. And you're not going to miss it. (laughs) I don't, I don't want them going around calling each other, you know, faces and stuff I was like so that. excited when I learned that. I think that's what I messaged you guys first is, hey, yeah. I just learned how to say S face. Oh, and, <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not ready to explain 
to my nine-year-old daughter yet what a condom is and why it's important <laughs> and things like that. And she's going to have all sorts of questions as she's watching him describe that. So I just... And, and not that he's overly graphic, but it's enough that she's going to be like, what is he talking about? What and is just, happening? I'm not ready right to now. explain that to yeah. her yeah. yet. My, my, my almost 15 year old and my 13 year old. Yeah. We can have those conversations because mm-hmm. they're at a different maturity level. And I think yeah. that's, what's so important about anything like this. I'm not going to tell you, don't let your watch your kids watch this movie, but that's the decision yeah. process that my wife and I went through as we watched mm-hmm. it was yeah, where yeah, everybody's cool kids are at it. different places. Yeah. Like I know yeah. people that have let their kids watch horror films since they were three. Right. And yeah. so, and they play shooter up video games since they were four. And so they're, they let their kids watch things that I don't even want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, everybody's mm-hmm. at a different place. Just, yeah. Kind of know yeah. that there are some very visual um, things in this movie that are, ex- you know, well, that was the other thing I was going to ask you, Jake. So, I've always felt like sign language is very expressive. It's not just the hands. Mm-hmm. So much of it to me as an outsider looking in is in the face, mm-hmm. is in the body language, is in the the way that you maneuver. And I loved how animated these conversations were, especially when it was very um, emotional dialogue. Like when they're talking about how, you know, you don't belong here. You need to, you need to go out there and, and I caught like enough to know what they were talking about, but I didn't, of course, know everything that was being said. But I was going to ask you how how realistic was that? Oh yeah, it was it was spot on. And okay, and all of these actors. I mean, um, the the dad, his name is um, Troy Coaster or Co- Troy Kotzer. Sorry, he's been in a lot of different um, movies that are they're deaf movies and in you know he's a deaf filmmaker he's been ma- doing stuff like this for a long oh, time so cool. he's a very good solid actor mm-hmm. um but the thing is is that's what conversations look like when you're around a bunch of people who are native sign users like that's what they look like when i go to my kids school and i see them interacting with each other that's what it looks like when my kids right. at home are interacting with each other i mean that is it was so spot on and i think that that was the realism where I was grateful that they hired actors who were deaf because mm-hmm. they brought that to the, the table. They know what it looks like when we're talking and we're having these conversations. Um, it's not just about the signs that we're using. And I think for me, that was the big difference between um, her sign language and their sign language. Like she was mm-hmm. good, but she was missing a lot of the expressiveness that goes into the signs. I mean, how big you sign and the, way you sign and things like that that's expressing Mm -hmm. that emotion and like you said tracy in the face and i mean it was it was spot on from things that i've seen um and those are the moments where i'm like my sign language is awful (laughs) (laughs) and i wish it was better because i can i can see it and it's just it and for me it's It's beautiful beautiful to watch watch. yeah yeah exactly i was gonna i I love and then i love the scene too at the very end where the the music professor uh teacher tries to say nice to meet you <laughs> and he doesn't sign it correctly no he does not <laughs> i mean and, and that's so sweet that he's trying so hard he's like i learned that on youtube you know <laughs> yeah you need to go back and i wish he explained to her that that's not what he signed he was like and he's like that's oh. not what i yeah we know we get it like 
and it's it's just like anything else and that's what i try to help people understand sign language is just like any other language i've learned um, another spoken language uh you know when i spent two years in germany and there are words that you learn that one that an innocent word that you would use is very close to a not very innocent word <laughs> yeah. and you just don't want to get that wrong but you're going to and you it's going to happen at an inopportune time <laughs> but people understand um, when you're trying to learn the language and a lot of times they appreciate the effort. And I think that's what we saw there where he was like, that's not what I, it's, yeah, we get it. <laughs> it's all good. We know. We know. <laughs> I just, so, I just felt like it was just so cool to see uh, this other language. Like I've seen the, the interpreters, like when somebody's having a news conference and stuff like that, the ones that I love and I am not a hip hop rap rap fan, but I love watching people sign at like really fast hip hop shows. Mm -hmm. Like they get into it. It is so fun to watch. It's so cool. Yeah. And I loved, I loved that that was the music that he was into because he could turn it up loud in the truck and he could feel the vibrations of the right. beat. And she was embarrassed every time he showed up because he had no idea the words that were being shouted out or like what they were. He just liked the beat. And that's what what he enjoyed. He feel that bass. Yeah. And there was so much of that that was so real to me living with three individuals who are deaf is that like that. That's my son likes music that he can feel. He likes going mm -hmm. to the movie theater to watch a movie. He likes it and he doesn't like it. He likes watching movies at home because he can read the captions easier than he can in the movie theater. But he mm -hmm. likes it in the movie theater because the bass will shake the theater and he can feel it yeah. and he feels like he's part of it. Yeah, uh, it's all about it's all about the bass. It's all about that bass. <laughs> um, but but I even like um you know, one of the hard moments when the Coast Guard showed up and they had no idea that they were there and that they were yelling for them or anything like that, because that happens unfortunately too much um in the world where you know people are you know who who are deaf or hard of hearing are being approached by police officers and oftentimes they think that they're being difficult or resisting arrest or things like that and they just mm -hmm. don't know what's happening mm -hmm. until mm -hmm. they're right there and and things like that and and i like that it brought in some of those real moments so you can see that like and i know that you could watch that and be like well you yeah, have you know how many deaf fishermen are out there being approached by the coast guard i i don't know but right, the same right. but if you put that on the street and it's a cop pulling somebody over or stopping somebody on the street or something like that it's the same kind of interaction mm -hmm. and unfortunately because of things that have happened things escalate very quickly nowadays and yeah. you know it, it can be a very unfortunate thing that we don't want to see happen so but yeah, so I like those kind of real moments. That in the doctor's office moment, I'm just like, yeah, that is. <laughs> and the bass, like all of it just felt very genuine to me. Um, mm -hmm. And and I appreciated that. So. Well, I am so glad that, that to get that insight from you, because as yeah. I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, I, I'm picking up stuff. I'm, I'm following along. It's fine. But to, to you've deepened my appreciation for this film even more. Yeah. Well, good. We should probably give it a grade. Okay. So we'll start start with you today, Val. I'm giving it an A. All right, Tracy. And I like that we just aren't even giving an explanation. It's just an A. It's just an A. I mean, I feel like I explained the yes. whole show. I agree. Why I, I just think 
I think it was well made. I think the acting was fantastic. I think that it's universal across the board. Like anybody can watch this. If somebody's like, well, I don't, you know, need to watch it because like nobody in my family's deaf or but like that's the whole reason you should watch it. Yeah, that's but, actually like, a better reason to watch it. Than- better reason to watch it, but it's it's there's more, it's like any other story, there's more to that story. That's one element. Yes, it plays a huge part, but there it's I to me it was just it's a fantastic movie. I hope it gets nominated for a ton of crap outside of the film festivals um, mm-hmm. because we need more movies like this made. Yeah, this is this is the type of movie that we always talk about we want to see made, but don't often get made. Um yeah. it's it the acting is incredible. Um Marley Matlin said that it was a dream role for her. I love the fact I read just a little bit about the making of the film. And I love the fact that they had two uh, interpreters with the director at all times to make sure that they were communicating well and that the 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 writer director d- is not deaf. Um, they were they had to kind of immerse themselves into this culture. Um, it's a window into a, a culture that I don't see that often that I don't get to experience as often. Um, I thought the acting was phenomenal. I thought it was genuine and heartfelt. Um, I'm going to go a minus on this one. It was just, um, I, I, I don't know. It didn't quite hit the a mark, but it's close, but it's really, really, really touching and good. Yeah. I think everybody should watch this movie. Um, just because I do think that this is a very good, genuine depiction of a lot of things, um, that people are not as familiar with. I mean, this is like, you know, everybody loved a quiet place because of, a lot of different aspects of why people loved it. But one of the big things was they loved how great Millie was in it and she was mm-hmm. deaf and all this other stuff. This takes it to the next level because this is putting it in a very real life situation. And um, I think it's just a little bit more realistic and down to earth and, and things <laughs> like that, obviously. Um, aliens invading earth. Come on. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, 2021, who knows? It could happen. Right. But... I was going to say, they wouldn't surprise us. It's like, oh, okay, aliens are invading. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. But but this puts it in a real um, real situ- scenario and situation and story, and I think it's great. I agree, Tracy. This is probably an A- minus for me, too, and it's. I think it's a very good movie. I think there are some things that need to be tightened up. I think there were some mm-hmm. points in the story where it felt a little disjointed. However, I still want everybody to go out and see it. I still think this is a really, really great movie, and I want it to do really well because I want people to realize, I want movie makers to realize that if you tell stories about individuals who are deaf and you have individuals who are deaf playing those characters, people will still watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I want everybody to get Apple Plus. I want everybody to watch it, and I want it to be a huge success and huge hit just for that reason so that we continue to tell these kinds of stories so yeah there you go uh i don't know why i was waiting for somebody else to wrap things up because <laughs> it's all about that base about that base. Oh, oh, my God. God. why did i do that i'm so sorry everybody i'm so sorry you can find us hey, in all the places on it social could have media. Been worse. I could have tried to hit the Mariah Carey notes from Free Guy last week. I really I- wanted you to do that, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm requesting that. It, it could have been worse. No, that's what we wanted you to do, Tracy. I don't know what the... Dream love Yeah, that's what I want you to do. Uh, putting together our uh, Facebook story and our TikTok video for that. Like, I kind of got sick of that song after a couple of days of having to edit stuff. But it's... Um, Anyway, we are on all the places on social media, including Facebook still. 
thankfully. Uh, so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, um, Twitter. We are at movies make us. And then on Instagram, we are at movies that make us. You can follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash movies that make us. Uh, we would love to see you there. And you will see us at Fan X in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We excited to see everybody there. Again, no touching, but we w- would no love to touchy. talk to you. We'll do fist or something. So, and I'll have you. prizes, by the way. I will and, always have prizes with me at all of our panels. And hopefully we'll be able to do one of our big roundtable podcasts. Yes. Because those are always so yes. much fun. Yes. I know you guys love them. They stress me out so much. But we'll I figure can it out. Imagine. <laughs> why Val? why <laughs> i don't know i don't know why but we let, will make let it, it go just immerse yourself let it go. no i enjoy i enjoy let the recording go. of it it's getting the equipment together and putting it all together and uh, then, yeah that's old hat by now we're at episode uh, 117 come on that's come right. on training wheels are off <laughs> Anyways, thank you everybody for for listening. Um, And until next time, we won't see you at the movies. Bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.